Uh, please turn to the book of First John, not the gospel, but the epistle of First John, chapter 2. First John, chapter 2. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him, ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light, and hateth his brother, is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whether he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. 
but he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Thus far the reading of God's word, 1 John chapter 2. He's talking about little children, fathers, young men. That's the preface, a solemn address. And this is the school of Christ. We have those who are weak in the faith, those who are stronger in the faith, those who have matured in the faith, yet we all need to be taught. But we all need to have a teachable spirit. A person without a teachable spirit is none of his. Now, all Christians are not of the same level. We know that. There are some who are weaker in faith, the weaker brother Paul talks about. There are those who are young men in faith, young women in faith. There are adults in faith, and there are are older people in faith. Uh, And each one of us has our particular duties, no matter where we are in the Lord's calling. But there is one thing, among many others, but here John talks about one thing that is common to us all, is mutual love of the brethren, particularly, and contempt of the world. Not meaning that we are to not live in the world, as it says elsewhere in Scripture, because then we'd have to go out of the world, which is not possible. But we we do not fall for the same things that unbelievers do as far as cluttering our lives with entertainment and drugs and alcohol and all of the things that unbelievers do to try to well, try to silence their conscience about what they know in their heart they're doing is wrong and we do not fall into that there's nothing wrong with entertainment as long as it is used in accordance with a, a modest um, affection uh, but there is nothing holy about spending your time watching television or taking drugs or alcohol so he says I write unto you little children verse 12 little children babes in Christ whether you're young or even you could be advanced in age if you are a new believer you are still a little child 
um, babes need spiritual milk. If you're learning the, the basics of scripture, John speaks to you. The first principles are the foundation. The children he addresses, because your sins are forgiven him for the Christ's name's sake, in verse 12. So know that you are pardoned of your sins. You don't have to worry about, oh, I did this, I did that in my past, and I'm going to go to hell. That is not the message of the Bible. The message of the Bible is there is no sin that sends you to hell except unbelief in Jesus Christ. So all of your sins, if you are a believer, all of your sins are forgiven you in Christ. He took your punishment upon himself, and therefore the Father does not punish you. Those that are forgiven of God should relinquish the world's temptations. And because he says, as it interferes with the love of God, he says, I write to you little children because you've known the Father. Children know their Father. Physical little children know their Father. Um, Hebrews 8.11 says, They shall all know me from the least to the greatest, from little children to the oldest men in faith. And then he goes on and says, I write unto your fathers. So he goes from children to fathers, interestingly enough. Uh, the, the mature in, in, in faith on this earth. He goes the bottom to the top. Um, that Why is that? Because those in the middle will hear both may remember what they what they have heard from children to the fathers. So, okay, I write unto you fathers, those, even those who are the most mature in faith need more. They need more faith, they need more learning, they need more instruction. Nobody is ever too old or too advanced in faith to learn. In fact, the more you read the Bible, the more you realize how much you don't know. The more you meditate upon Christ, the more you read his word, the more you realize, I'm just a babe in Christ. I'm one of these little children. Uh, As Christ is Alpha and Omega, as he says in in Revelation, and and, and in fact in in chapter 1 of of 1 John, He's Alpha and Omega. Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last. He is the beginning and the end of our knowledge. We cannot know anything. As he says, without me, you know nothing. You can do nothing. More accurately, he says, without me, you can do nothing. We know nothing without Christ. Does that mean we can't know 2 plus 2 is 4 without being Christians? No, that's not what it means. But what it means is we can't apply it properly. Unbelievers can do 2 plus 2 plus 4, but they can't account for why it exists or whether it'll exist tomorrow. They know that that 2 plus 2 is 4 only because God has given them that knowledge. And unbelievers, I don't expect unbelievers to agree with that or believe that, but that's what, that's what all of Scripture teaches. Now he says, I write unto you a young man in verse 13 and 14, the adults in in faith, those who have the strength of spirit and and can discern between good and evil, the people who are strong in their faith, they're not advanced in their faith particularly. There are many things that they don't know that they will know at some point, but they are the 
young, the grown-up in faith. Because you've overcome the wicked one in verse 13. Satan walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, Scripture says. Particularly Christians. He's constantly warring against souls. Of course, he is under the control of God, but the Lord uses him for his own purposes, God's own purposes. And we can handle him. We can vanquish him. And we can vanquish the worlds too, which he, uh, Satan uses for his own purposes. In verse 14, he says to the young men, young in faith, young men, women, because you are strong, you have overcome the wicked one. It is your strength to overcome the devil. Show your strength in conquering the world for Christ. You remember the dominion covenant? In Genesis you shall have dominion over the earth as God's vice regent. We are to bring the entire earth un- unto the subjection of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our calling. That is what we are to do, whether we are in a workplace, in a home environment, whether we're poor, unemployed, whatever it might be. The Lord has put you there to conquer your part of the world for Christ those who come in contact with you, bring the gospel to them, whatever your case may be. And the word of God abideth in you, verse 14. Abides in you, lives. Abides means lives. How does the word of God live in you? Because you study it, because you memorize it. Uh, The word of God can't live in you unless you live in the word of God. It is your supplying of strength that Jesus said I am the vine you are the branches well if a branch is cut off from a tree for example what happens to it the green leaves wither up and die and the branch dies we get our spiritual sap our spiritual sustenance our spiritual life from Jesus Christ because we are the branches and he is the source of that so we have to abide in him how do we abide in him by staying He is the Word of God, and we have to stay in the Word of God. We have to cement ourselves to the Word of God, studying it every day, meditating on it, memorizing it, making it flow through us. He says in verse 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. We have to be, as I mentioned, crucified to the affections of the world. We have to be, in effect, dead to the world. Again, does this mean you never read a newspaper, you never laugh, you never watch a movie? No, it doesn't mean any of that. Of course not. What it does mean is that those things do not entice us away from the love of the Lord through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Love is reserved for our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't throw it away on the world. If, every, if any man love the world, John writes, the love of the Father is not in him. See, we can't serve more than one. We can't love the world and the Father. No man can serve two masters. Verse 16, that love from the, of the world is not ordained of God. It is not of the Father, but is of the world. It breaks into our love of God and entices us away. The world is good, as I said. When the Lord created the world, created all of creation, he said, it is good. What happened, of course, is that Adam and Eve sinned, 
and corrupted the world through the curse that God gave because of their sin. And the world is corrupt. And it that's because it, it, it that's why rather it dies. That's why things die, people die, animals die. And it is the, the law of entropy and the uh, law of thermodynamics. Everything is breaking down and dying. That's the result of sin. And we are corrupt and we die. But in the beginning it was good. And in the new earth it will be good. So the world works upon us, the world in our flesh, Satan works upon us to bring us away, take us away from God. And he talks about the things of the world as the lust of the flesh. And he distinguishes that from the eyes and the life. The lust of the flesh is fleshly pleasures. Uh, and whether it's luxury and, and uh, uh, whether it's, it's uh, enjoying what things money can buy for you, there's nothing wrong with enjoying what money can buy for you in moderation. And there's nothing wrong, by the way, with having money or working or making money. The Church of Jesus Christ would not survive, um, temporally speaking at least, the, the, the Church of Jesus Christ would not survive without the Lord ordaining that some Christians make money so they can give to the church and support the ministry of the church. How would the ministry of the church survive temporally if the Lord didn't have people, faithful Christians, make money? So don't don't glory in poverty. That's not that's not the point. And there is the lust of the eyes, he says. The the eyes that look at rich riches and and jewels and silver and gold and possessions and and want those things. Covetousness is the lust of the eyes. And then he says there's the pride of life. Uh, a, a wanting wanting f- to be honored. Uh, getting the big job. Getting uh, all of the, the trappings and honors of a vainglorious life. Ambition. A thirsting after fame, honor, applause. Uh, flattering, praise, pride, which is the basic sin. In the Garden of Eden, we shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Uh, we have to renounce those. If they come, if honors of the world come, wonderful. If we can use them, and they're great temptations, but if we can use them to God's glory, and it's the rare person that can do that uh, through the Lord's gifts. They are not of the Father, but of the world, he says all those temptations in verse 16. They're not of the Father, but of the world. But the Father can use them to his glory, of course. Uh, Finally, verse 17, the world passes away and the lust thereof. This world is ending, as I mentioned before. Entropy. Even unbelieving scientists agree with this. There is entropy in the world. Uh, The world is falling apart. The sun is going to go out at some point. The universe will burn out at some point. Uh, and our bodies will die and turn to dust before that. Uh, Ecclesiastes 12.5 says that. And what, of, what has become all of, uh, of, the, 
of the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the um, uh, pride of life, all of that, all of the riches, all of the fame, the honor, the glory of those who are now in the grave in corruption. But he that doeth the will of God, the rest of verse 14, abideth forever. We see the world passing away and we turn from that. Our love is not in the world. We use the world to God's glory, but our eyes are not on the world. Our eyes are in heaven. We are conquering the world for Jesus Christ. We are soldiers of the cross, marching to, to victory, because we know that Christ is victorious. But he that doeth the will of God abideth or lives forever, as opposed to those who love the world that passes away and who die and who are in torture and hell forever and lake of fire, we abide forever. Love lives. Love lives. Love through Christ, the love of Jesus Christ through us lives. And we shall live forever. In Jesus' name.